I take the shells away. This is this is you as your soul. Like how fucking beautiful is that? That you are recognizing how incredible you are, how incredible we all are. I mean, that you can look at yourself and be like, yes, this is what I deserve. And it has nothing to do with your body. It just has to do with taking a stand for yourself. Hey, I'm Allison Hare, and welcome to Culture Changers, the podcast that brings you unconventional wisdom by uncommon people. Together, we are shattering old paradigms to reshape our world and inviting you to make your own mark. You know that feeling when you go into a dressing room at whatever your favorite store is, and you take off your clothes, you put on those cute jeans, they looked adorable on the hanger, and you try and pull them over your thighs, and you realize that they start to squeeze right in the middle, and you notice cottage cheese that you never saw before. And then as you lean over to try and pull it up, and you see that your belly is hanging over the jeans like it never had before. It is the most horrifying experience. And what I've noticed is that you can be confident everywhere in life, but the mirror can reduce you to pieces. And this is where Lillian Charles steps in. Lillian Charles is my guest today, and she is a style therapist. Not a retail therapist, but a style therapist. She's a fitness instructor and a wellness and spiritual advocate. And honestly, when I think about Lillian, she is larger than life. Like what she's doing is larger than I can put words to. She's actually causing a seismic shift in how we carry ourselves and show up in the world. I mean, think about all the clothes in your closet. They are expressions of you. The colors, the fabrics, the occasions, the memories, the shapes, the sizes, the bad dates. It's really triggering, right? And when, what if you could outfit yourself in a way where you always felt like the clothes that you wear are full of expression of who you are on the inside and they totally fit your body, not just look cute on the hanger. So I have worked with Lillian and I swear, I thought I knew how to dress for my body, And Lillian effortlessly changed it all up and taught me tricks I would never have known otherwise and used a lot of what I already had in my closet. But beyond that, when I put on my clothes, I feel happy. Even though my body changes and definitely doesn't look like I did before I had kids, I feel happy because the clothes fit, they flatter, and above all, they just feel like me. Our conversation went so deep and so raw and thought-provoking. And I think she was the first person that cried on my show, which I'm sort of proud of. But honestly, this is one of my favorite chats I've had to date. And as I released this episode initially last December, I had so many people reach out to me as they were truly moved by our conversation and were just as entranced with her as I am. She is someone you just can't take your eyes off of. She is one of a kind. And before I get into our chat, I'm hoping you will do me a favor. Will you please share that you're listening to this episode on your socials and tag me? I am leveling up the content, the guests, and everything and hoping that my favorite listeners, that's you, will help me reach people who are like you, people that have so much that are you're passionate about and you're looking to make your own mark. This community is designed to stir you into action. So I thank you for your support and for spreading the word. Of course, I would love it if you could leave me a review on your favorite listening platform and tell me what you like about the show or what you'd like to hear about. Okay, so let's get into my chat with Lillian Charles. wanted to take us to the moment when we are in front of a mirror in the dressing room Mm -hmm. and the words that we tell ourselves when our bodies are there in plain sight Mm -hmm. in the mirror Mm -hmm. or you try on something that used to fit and you have to squeeze your body into it. Yeah. It's an awful feeling. Yeah. (laughs) Or even when you go into a a retail store Mm. and 
somebody tells you to try on something that's like, it, it doesn't feel like you, yeah. but you say, you know what, let me try it on. And you get in that dressing room and you're like, oh, yeah. I hate myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think there's more raw vulnerability with our clothes and our body. And we are here today with Lillian Charles. <laughs> and Lillian is a style therapist, a spin instructor, a wellness advocate, and a Stella and Dot representative. Oh my gosh, I like forget about that because I, I like <laughs> haven't had a trunk show in so long. But yes, all of those things. But I think that you were recently, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. <laughs> and recently you were on Megan Armstrong's new podcast called Six Feet Above. Uh-huh. Is that Six right? Six Feet Above, yeah. And she said something to me that perfectly personified what I know of you. And she said, Lillian Charles, you cannot be tamed. <laughs> and I thought, oh my God, that's her. You know, like I watch your Instagram and I cannot take my eyes off of you. Thank like you. who you are in the world is this unbelievably bright light. And what I thought about was your experience of a child of feeling like you could never fit in a box because you were too big and bright. Yeah. And I would love to know if you would be willing to share what that was like growing up yeah. as somebody that didn't always fit in a box and people, not your family, but people were telling you too much, too much. Yeah. And yeah. what did that mean? Yeah. Well, I, gosh, there's so many things I want to say to that. First of all, I'm such a, such a fan of yours and I'm so thankful to be here. Thank you. I Thank really you. appreciate it. Second of all, I know we're both Enneagram fans. Yes. Yeah. So what is yours? I would love for you to guess. Four. Absolutely. You're a four. I am a four. So four is like the super creative, artsy yeah. one. And sometimes the the drawback is that they may not be as focused or organized, but I don't know if that's true. But I have some three wing. Okay. <laughs> so there's three some achievement wing. there. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but I started seeing a therapist, a mindfulness-based therapist in like 2015. And one of the first things that she had me do was go get typed by the Enneagram. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, she's amazing. And I always tell people, don't ask me. She's either closing a practice down, but she's definitely not taking more people. But she is phenomenal. And I got, I went to like an Enneagram counselor, a shoot off from her. And it really helped me understand myself. So the Enneagram type four is um, the individualist. And one of the things that I re have read over and over again is they are authenticity obsessed. And that's something that I can read in other people immediately if they're being authentic. And it's something that if I'm not being authentic, it I, I shut down. Like I'm uncomfortable. I feel sick. I feel like I'm not myself. So that has helped me really accept this. Like you don't fit inside of a box because you're you. Can I pause for a second on that? Yeah. If you're getting this visceral reaction that this is not where you belong, it feels to me that that's something you're open to. Whereas I think that we as people mm -hmm. generally will shut that out. You know, Absolutely. What was that like for you? Were you always that way where you were like, oh, I don't feel comfortable? Or was this something that you've come into of just being raw and exposed? And what I know of yeah. you, you wear your you wear yourself on the outside, but at the same time you're fiercely protective of that energy too. Yeah, and that's hand in hand, right? So I think I I think what I found out in my mid-20s, I'm in my 30s now, but in my mid-20s, I found out that a lot of the physical pain that I have, like I have a lot of joint pain. I'm constantly kind of defending myself like in fitness classes and stuff when I'm asked to go harder or deeper or longer or whatever. I'm like, oh my, like I have this pain in my body that I'm constantly addressing. And I realized in my mid-20s that a lot of that was emotional. I also got more sick more easily, more quickly than my brother and sister. And I think a lot of that was emotional too. And I've gone to the chiropractor sometimes and said like, I don't feel good and it's emotional. 
And so I've definitely learned to listen to my body in the last... How did you know that though? How did you know it was emotional? Because it was nothing else. Mm -hmm. And I come from a family of medical professionals and, you know, I got tested for rheumatoid arthritis and different joint issues and ligament issues. And I've had MRIs and x-rays and ink blot tests on my joints and stuff. And, and it's, it's all on my left side, which is my feminine side, mm. it's the feminine energy side. And so I've started to, and, and from this mindfulness-based therapist, she started saying, where does that show up for you when you have that conversation? And that's something that I pay such close attention to for myself now, but it's a very easy question for someone that has no has never done any kind of energy work, has never done any kind of exploration with the chakras or anything. Like just to say, where are you getting caught up right now? And they'll be like, well, I feel sweaty or I feel like a pit in my stomach or I feel mm. tight in my throat. So yeah, that's something that I've definitely honed in on and learned to really listen to. But when I look back, I'm like, oh, this has been there all along that my body has talked to me. Where did that come from though? Like you, you know, the emotional side, were you always emotional as a child? Yeah, I think I've, I've always been very intuitive. And so I have been able to feel when things weren't right. I can think of so many instances where uh, my parents raised me like to have a voice. And there were so many times where I would walk into a room and go, uh-uh. Or even even now, I mean, my my peers are you know doing podcasts and interviewing people or joining in on certain wellness things, and then they'll come to me and be like, "I didn't feel right," and I'm like, "Why did you go down the path? Why did you interview the person? Why did you continue to email? Why did you why did you keep going if it didn't feel right?" And they're like, "I don't know." I'm like, well, think about it. Just pause and think about it. And you know, it's mostly women and we're conditioned to just keep doing the things that we think we're supposed to do and really shove down to the discomfort and really let our like kind of silence ourselves. Not just be not just be silenced, but we silence ourselves. Yes. That's not cool. We are going deep quick. And you know, I'm glad I'm <laughs> glad This is why I'm not good at dating. Awesome. <laughs> They're like, uh, I, really, I just asked you if you had a dog. So <laughs> <laughs> I really am trying to figure out why you're single too, you know? And I wonder, like, are you the person that needs needs to have like the Dolly Parton husband that's like out of the picture and needs to let, you know, mama be the star or I do you literally need just learned about the their relationship and I'm like yes. this girl is psh, badass like super badass. God, what and a- he is under the scenes. Like there's no public pictures of him at all. And so I was that's wondering wild. as I sit around and think about Lillian's life and love life <laughs> and I'm like who would be perfect for her? Would yeah. it be somebody who's like under the radar or somebody that's bright like her? You know? <laughs> so, you know, I talk about Ashley Heseltine all the time, but um <laughs> a couple of years ago, we were leaving a bar in Virginia Highlands and um this hot guy walked by and I, I like looked at him and I was like, Hey, <laughs> just like totally like cat calling at him. And she looked at me and she goes, who is going to date you? <laughs> and I think about that. I'm like, I don't know. You know what I, I think is so funny about, about Ashley. So Ashley's got a, a podcast called girls got to eat. And yeah. it is like, it has taken off like wildfire it's and explosive. she is like selling out. And it's funny because I'm not even the target audience. It's about um, dating and relationships. And it is like blowjob is every other word or F this or F that or F boy, you know? Yeah. But, and, but I listen and I'm howling laughing. Totally. <laughs> I think it's relatable. I mean, they say that they have women on there that have 16 year old daughters and they're like, I mean, I'm listening to like, make sure I know what's going yes. on, you know? I mean, and then I have, I have friends that are like pregnant with their second and they're in their thirties and they're like, no, like I, we had some pregnant friends all at the show. And I was like running into them in the bathroom line. They're like, yeah, I'm not drinking. I'm like, well, clearly. But I mean, it's, it's, it's for everybody. It's for all of us. I think it's so funny that I've even talked to my trainer and my trainer is in his 30s and he's single. And I'm like, are you a fuck boy? And by the way, you need to listen to <laughs> You, you need to listen to this podcast. So he spread it like to everybody in his gym uh-huh, <laughs> and just uh-huh. has these conversations about, he's like, I don't think I'm one. He's like, I don't, I don't think I'm one. You know, I, it's amazing <clears throat> how much men catch on, like men start listening and they're like, oh, oh, I need to, I need to hear this. Yes. And I'm like, yeah, you do. I send it to guys. Yeah. I'm like, oh, like, I'm just going to drop this right here about guys that are in relationships with their dogs because they can't be in a relationship. <laughs> yeah. Have you listened to that one? It's so good. It's, I haven't. It's so no. real. 
That it's hilarious. It's a, it's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. I think it's so funny that I've like halfway driven off the road laughing because it's such a funny <laughs> ass podcast. And my mom will listen to it. She's 66. Oh I'm like, mom, God. you got to listen to this particular one. Oh. Yeah. I don't know if I could go that far, but it is uh, it is crazy. But I do want to get back to your voice for a minute. Oh. So, so like, so two weeks ago, I or maybe a week ago, I went to you do a, a a class at the Lola, and if you have been listening to me for a while, I interviewed the founders of the Lola, which is a uh, women only members um, co working space yeah. in Atlanta, and um, they have this amazing programming for women, and one of the offerings they have is Lillian will um, guide a class called Rise and Release. So it's not Pilates, it's not yoga. It's not yoga. It's not, um, but it is movement and it is um, what I felt. So I I actually moved heaven and earth to be on there. I'm like, you know what? I spend a lot of time in the gym and I do stuff I don't really love. You know, I do weight training, but what I really love is meditation and I love and because I have to get up so early mm-hmm. you know like I get up at 4 30 in the morning and yeah. like five o'clock is like the very latest that I yeah. can get somewhere and there are not a lot of classes sure. um open at that time so I move some stuff around to be there and I'm like I think I need to to do this. When you and, told me that, I was like, oh, I bet Allison had to move like hell and high water to get there. I, I knew that. I was like, yeah, she probably had to move around like five things. It's all good. It's all good. It was worth it. But one of the things that I noticed, so I am a public speaker, you know, I have a broadcasting background and there are times when I'm speaking where I know it is not me talking. It mm-hmm. is something divine coming through. And I know that I have captivated the audience and I felt that so strongly from you. And I don't know if you know this, but your superpower is your voice. Thank you. And what was coming through was something so primal mm-hmm. that I'm like, just in the first few minutes where you were talking about, I don't even know what you were talking about, but it was something about release and just let go. And and there were things that, I don't know if they were being channeled by you or what you normally say, but I started crying and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Mm. You know, because yeah. I never permit myself to release I know. anything. And not because I feel like anything is wrong with it. I'm, I'm an Enneagram three. I am productive. So I'm like, yeah. I need to go, 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 go. And maybe one day... I'll uh, I'll unwind, but I don't know how otherwise. So I thank you for that. Of course. But I wonder about your voice. <laughs> I I think you know that your voice has a lot of power and the words that you say. And I don't know if you're if you're talking to the wounds of the women that you speak to, but that's what it seems like. Yeah, I think that we have some pretty intense universal wounds. One of the the theme of that class was that you're not crazy. And that's something that, you know, that was one of the first questions you asked me in 10 minutes, however long. (laughs) Time is just flying by. Whenever you opened it up and you said, you know, what was it like to be told you're a lot or you're whatever? And that was never really my parents. That was very much, I felt like, friends and teachers and things like that. But I think a lot of times when we show emotion and we show that like, or we're angry, particularly, we come across as crazy and we're we're identified as crazy. And I wrote that the night before, you know, I I wake up at like 4am the the morning of teaching classes like that. And the night before I, I kind of stood in front of my vision board and I was like, what do I have to offer? I feel like I, th- I think I probably said, I feel like a crazy person. And then I heard this voice and it was like, you're not crazy, you're you're reactive. And mindfulness, as we know, gives us the pause between reactivity, which can can look like crazy. And the way that we, we react is just a condition response. So we get to choose to slow down and create a different condition response that is maybe still crazy. Like people can label it whatever they want. But I wonder from the the crazy part, or at least the thought, am I crazy? I wonder if your thought is, which part is crazy? Is it just that your mind is going or that you're saying awful things to yourself? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Or that your mind won't stop? I think it's a little bit of both. 
And is that something that you're telling yourself or that somebody has kind of juxtaposed you or just jolted you? Girl, that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> um, I, I recently just started doing past life regression work with... Oh, Lord. I know, I know, because I was like, where, that's intense. where is this coming from? Where is this coming from? Where is this coming from? And I've been in therapy for so long, doing so much personal development work for so many years that I was like, well, I've done the first 30 something years. Let's look at let's look at what happened before I got here in this shell. Do you believe it? Oh, absolutely. You do? Yeah. I don't know if I believe in past life regression. It's a little out there for me, but I'm yeah. open to the possibility of it being true. Yeah. Yeah, I think I that, just don't know that I would invest my energy in believing it. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. I think that it's it's just it's another tool, it's another mechanism for right. understanding yourself. I also, you know, since doing it, I'm like, you know, that basically I'm tapping into the subconscious and I'm I'm listening to the story that's being told there with characters that are coming up without me pulling the characters and placing them there they're just there and it's just it's a it's a very primal very mm-hmm. like I don't know where this is coming from but it's there and it's in my I mean it's it's not no one is telling me in in these sessions like okay and then this happened to you and then this happened to you and do you believe that and do you believe this well it's really like you kind of go into the subconscious level of yourself and she asks questions and you kind of, I'm so visual. I mean, afterwards the woman was like, you were painting pictures like they were happening. And yeah. I was like, that's how they were appearing to me was very, very like present moment. Do you have psychic tendencies? Like, do you see things? I do, yeah. You do? Yeah. You know, Kelly Knight is like my home girl. <laughs> Yeah, well, I remember when you asked me to like a tarot card reading or something. It was yeah. like years ago, yeah. and you were like, "You seem like you'd be into this." I was like, <laughs> "I mean," and at that point, I'd never even i'd I'd used the first um, like kind of psychic healer uh, in 2013, and it's someone that my parents have used since before we were born that they've never met that they use over the phone. And your parents are med- medical background, but. They have been kind of... They're like meta as fuck. Right. Like, are, are they like hippie mind a little bit? Yeah. I mean, my dad has been going to meditation retreats That's and yoga awesome. retreats since the 80s. They did call, They did yoga together in college. Who did that back then? You know? Them. And then my mom like goes to 6 a.m. yoga every single day of the week. It's like her practice. God bless her. I know. She's done like the 100-hour yoga uh, meditation teacher training. My dad is an MBSR trained meditation coach, which takes a lot to uphold. Like you have to do a lot of stuff throughout the year. And then I actually, I grew up Presbyterian, but the neighborhood that I lived in was a spiritual center. Hmm. So it backed up to a natural preserve of protected forest where people would go on their like spiritual journeys. Wow. So I got a little bit of everything in the background. You have had the most interesting (laughs) life. And you know what I think is funny? I was thinking about the am I crazy thing. And I remember when I was dating and I remember, you know, like this is back before you swiped whatever, left or right or whatever, up or down, I don't know. Um, and horizontal now. (laughs) Right. And so I remember some guy that I met online or whatever was calling me. And I remember I was walking around in in the Target in Cobb. I don't know why I remember it. And he kept saying, you're so high energy. You're so high energy. And then Mm -hmm. I would like ramp up, like, I'm not high energy. Why do you think I'm high energy? You know, like it was a really weird thing. And I remember, I don't know why that was such a kind of a visceral experience remembering, you know, mm-hmm. what it feels like when somebody is telling you something that you don't really feel yourself, but that's how they perceive you. Yeah. But then at the same time, you're like, this is not the person for me that makes me feel like I'm backed into a corner that doesn't feel right. Totally. Yeah. And so that's why I imagine I was thinking about you with feeling crazy or feeling like you were too much or people might have yeah. said, you know, dial it down or, or like, tone it you're down. You're a lot. And I'm like, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you know, like, but I feel, and again, I'm not dating you. Um, and It's okay, no one else is. <laughs> it's, it's okay. But I, um, I actually feel like when I'm in your presence, you are very channeled. And the words that come out of your mouth aren't very flippant. They're very intentional. And that I think, I think you're like perfectly channeled, not like too much, but I feel like it's, it's, you have a purpose and it's serving. 
others. And I want to talk more about your experience with wardrobe styling and with wardrobe consultant and and not retail therapy, style, style therapy. therapy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because uh, you, I, I saw in an interview where you said something like. I want to know the stories of the wardrobe. I want to know yeah. why you bought that dress, why you bought something. Yeah. And I remember cleaning out my closet. It was only a few years ago. And I've been with my husband for 10 years now. And really? He's, he's just, my husband, uh, he's just the the most amazing yeah, man. I'm he is. very, very, thank you. I'm so, so grateful for him. But before that, I mean, it was a fucking hot mess, right? Sure. So I was the quintessential single girl for five years. And I remember cleaning out my closet and I would have things that were super bright, super tight, super short. And each one of them had like a date I was going to yes. with like some guy I didn't like, you know? Yeah. And it was like, it was almost like a graveyard of bad dates, just yeah. pulling out these outfits totally. that were like super over the top or like, you know, I, I love like the showstopper clothes. Yes. But they were like expensive, ill-fitting, didn't yeah. make me feel great and something I could never wear now. Sure. And uh, they had so much emotion to it. So yes. I want to know about the stories yeah. that you've been able to experience through your clients, through the people that you work with yeah. and the stories that you tell yourselves, the ones that are bad yeah. and the ones that are good and how how do we process that in a way that we can heal? Yeah, there are a couple different, like not prototypes, but almost... Um, there are a couple different scenarios that I see most frequently, right? So one of them is that someone has gained weight and they have clothes that no longer fit them because they don't, you know, they're just, whether they've had children, their bodies changed, they've gone through surgery, something has happened and they've gained weight. And um, they they hold on to these clothes. And I, I ask them honestly things like, do you plan on having another child? And I know that that's to walk into someone's house and never <laughs> having met them before and you meet, meet online and you yeah. walk into their house and they're naked and you, you know, they might say like, well, we're going to try. And I'll say, okay, well, you know, let's, let's hold on to this for this or that. But oftentimes people are like, I know I'm never going to be that size again. And I look at them and I'm like, why do you have this in your closet then? And it's kind of like, you know, you, it's like keeping a molded piece of bread in your kitchen and being like, I'm never going to, I'm never going to eat that, mm. but it's wrapped in plastic. So it's not going to affect me. And I'm like, yeah, but you still have to look at it and see it. And it's molded. I honestly think that some people intentionally punish themselves by keeping things like that in their closets. That's what I'm thinking about the shame because I think the shame the price tag for what I paid for. So, you know, I had a big date and I spent $160 on a dress and whatever mm -hmm. on the shoes and yeah. the jewelry just to have myself looking tight. And it yeah. ended up like not really Total just flop. slightly misfit, yeah. you know, and, you know, it's too late to return it. And I feel... Ooh, there was such an attachment to that. Yeah. So yeah. how do you unravel that for people? So one of the things I do with the fitting thing of like, oh my gosh, that was 20 pounds ago or whatever. If they're like, no, 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 I, I really I want to get back to that weight. I say, you know, okay, well, let's table that. And then present moment, <clears throat> if your closet looks like every other piece or every four pieces is one of those pieces that you're like, no, 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 I can't get rid of that. I say, well, just take those pieces out, put a ribbon or a rubber band around them and just call it your not right now pile. Because there's just really no reason to be punishing yourself mm -hmm. every single day, every single time you get dressed. I mean, it's something that we have to do every day because society does not allow us to run around naked. It's illegal. <laughs> so you have to do it. So that not right now just gives you the permission to go, okay, I'm not going to punish myself every single day, every single time that I look at that because there are other things to concern yourself with. There are. But I feel like, that. but I feel like your therapy is not, it's not, and as, I'm not, a, I want to make sure that people know that I'm not a counselor. I don't have a <laughs> master's in, in counseling. I was a women's studies major. <laughs> I love that you were going to be a midwife before. Yeah. I think that's awesome. <laughs> and I've done a lot of apprenticeship work. So when people uh. are like running to the other side of the house to change, I'm like, Modesty is fine, but like, trust me, I've seen everything. <laughs> uh -huh. yeah. But I think, you know, I wonder about the 
therapy side of things of, you know, when I've worked with you that I've worked with you for years where I'm like, I don't know how to dress for the fall and I've gained weight and I've had kids and I've had plastic surgery that went horribly wrong. So I've got scars, you know, so I have my own baggage coming into it. But what I felt was first of all, from you permission to let mm-hmm, go mm-hmm. and and also confirmation of you don't need this. And yeah. sometimes that's what people need, right? Yeah. Some people need just that that license to let go. Yeah. You know, of things. Yeah. I think people also look at their clothes and when they don't fit and they're like, there's something so horribly fucking wrong with my body because this doesn't fit anymore. And yes. I'm like, or m- maybe it's just the garment, you know? I mean, I the, what I have to say hundreds of times a day, I feel like is there's nothing wrong with your body. You're choosing the wrong things. You know how popular avocados are? They're pretty they're, popular I mean, they're for white popular. girls especially. Yes, they're on t-shirts, <laughs> they're on socks, they're on everything, they're on bumper stickers, they're on Instagram. It is a white girl millennium thing, millennial thing. <laughs> I am very allergic to avocados. And I'm not beating myself up or my body up about the fact that I cannot eat avocados without a visceral reaction. Right. Why are we beating ourselves up over things that we can't wear? But how do you, how, and I know I've asked you this and I'm trying to figure out how to give myself permission, but the dressing room mirror, Mm -hmm. it is unforgiving. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how do you coach yourself in that moment Mm -hmm. when you see those cute jeans and they look adorable and they're your size and you put them on and you're like, fuck, I can't walk out with these. Yeah. So I, I, what do we need to know? Yeah. Well, one thing that I want to like really drive home is that people look at my body and they're like, oh, you can fit in everything. You can do it. I'm going to do an entire whole project of all the shit that looks really bad on me because there's plenty. I have those moments too. I walk into, I walk into places and I put jeans on and I walk out and I make it all about the garment. And I know a lot of people mm. in all the retail places where I take people, you know, they're like my coworkers almost. So I'll walk into Madewell and there are certain things that like I'll walk out and I'll rip the um, like the dresser curtain back and I'll be like, what the fuck with these <laughs> jeans, you know? And I make it completely about the garment because it is. Because the next two pair I could put on and they could be perfect because they're the right fabric and they're the right cut and they're the right fit. And then this like organic cotton that doesn't stretch and they're like mm. sustainable, whatever. And I, I literally cannot get a thigh in there three sizes bigger than what I normally wear. That's not about me. This is just the wrong pair of pants. Yes. You know what I mean? And I do have those moments in the dressing room where I'm like, this looks nothing like the mannequin, the mm-hmm. photos. It doesn't even, like it looks better on the plus size models. Like why, why is this not working for me? And I'm like, you know what? It's the wrong brand. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go find this because I can find great things anywhere for anyone. We could walk into Goodwill and I can oh, find you You're an amazing. Awesome. Yes. Well, well yeah, I mean, it's just... It's a skill set and and it's nothing that I learned. It's just innate. But somehow you, I mean, you have an eye, like you can just put, so uh, let me talk for a second about the closet edit because I think it's so freaking brilliant. So, you know, like Lily, you should probably explain what this is, but let me try. No, I I love hearing other people talk about my work because I'm like, that's hysterical and that's so, and everyone's like perception of it is a little different. I, I just love, I, I'm like, you t- You tell them. It was funny because I was talking to my girlfriend today on the phone. I was like, I'm going to be interviewing Lily and Charles. And she's <laughs> this, you know, she does like closet edits. And they're like, that's the Spanx girl you showed me, right? <laughs> because I've been so obsessed with this Instagram video. So what? I don't, I don't care if you don't like Lillian or this is not your thing. Follow her Instagram account and just watch her Instagram stories for how she styles. So I you, also don't care if you like <laughs> but, um, I, but how you style clothes, I think is so freaking brilliant. And what you've put together for it is amazing. And so that Spanx thing where, where you showed a a tutorial, this Instagram, it's not a story. What are they called? Instagram live? No. IGTV? IGTV. Yeah. So where, where how to style Spanx leggings, like yeah. the moto leggings or the, the oh liquid gosh. Everyone was faux leather so ones. like, I have no idea how to do this. I don't have it. And I was yes. like, well, this is obviously the thing. Give the consumer yes. what it wants. <laughs> I sent it to everybody and tagged Thank everybody. You. It was awesome. Thank you, Allison. But I, okay, so the closet edit is where Lillian will go in 
and she will take a look at your closet and you, you know, kind of pick the things that you like, but she'll start pulling things together. So it might be something you haven't worn in six years and she starts matching it with other things in your closet already. So you're not going out and buying a whole new wardrobe and it is like a brand new life. And what I think is um, Lillian's magic is not only can she put things together visually, but the shit makes you feel fucking (laughs) fierce, you know, like it's all designed to fit your body. And if it doesn't, if it's something that doesn't have a good material or doesn't have a forgiving material, she's like, toss it out, honey, give it to, uh, you know, to Goodwill or Poshmark or sell it on Poshmark and, and just get rid of it. So it's almost like giving your closet a brand new life. Yeah. You know, yeah. without spending a ton of money. And like for me, the first time the first time that you you had come over, I had like zero basics. All I had was like totally. showstoppers. Statement so they were pieces. like statement pieces. So things that could only be worn one way. Yep. And you're like, go buy some black camisole, you know, yeah. black camisole or something white yeah. basic. Um, tease and I'll show you how to style all of it. And if that sounds too foreign, it's basically <clears throat> like I really eat so much stuff to food because I cannot cook for the life of me. I don't know if I've told you that before. I know when your cook was here before, I was like, I can't even talk about this. It's so overwhelming to me. But to me, it's like you don't, if you don't have, if you're not vegan, you know, (laughs) if you don't have like the meat to your meal or if you don't have like that grain that you use as a base layer, if you don't have the things to build upon, if you don't have salt and pepper in your closet, in your, in your closet, so to speak, (laughs) then, then you've never heard of a kitchen, have you? Yeah. No, no, help me. So, you know, I was supposed to go to a Friendsgiving thing tomorrow and I was like, I don't cook. And he goes, that's the way to a man's heart. I was like, well, as you can see, I'm still single. (laughs) Um, but you know, it's it's just like the elements of flavor to your to your closet or the basics. You yeah. got to have both. So, how uh, what do you know that you wish other people knew? Mm. So, my kind of go to line is that nothing's wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. But that's a great line. But sometimes I look in the mirror and I'm like, no, there's shit wrong. Compared to it, like in. Compared to who, or so I think that's the I think that's the point I want to make is that you know we're we're kind of fed the Instagram perfection. I think there's you know more of a um, more of a direction towards more vulnerability and more realness versus just the perfected bullshit that is like causing suicide and anxiety and totally. depression in teenagers today. But I want to understand your take of of why that is. Is it societal norms that are making us feel like shit? Or is it something wrong with the deserve level mm-hmm. of women? Mm-hmm. You know, what? what is your take on why do we feel like shit? Especially, I think there's nothing more raw than our bodies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I will speak from my own personal experience with this this kind of tag that I use. It's there's nothing wrong with you, and that's um, part of being an enneagram type four is that you think that something is always missing, and mm. you are constantly consulting. Like it's it's a consultant mindset that there's something missing, there's something wrong, and it it's very helpful for me in work. Right, so I can walk in and go, "This is wrong. This 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 is missing. You don't have this." You're doing this wrong. I'm I'm very good at that. But I have spent my whole life doing that to myself as well. This is mm. wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is missing. You're not doing this right. And I think that part of that is innate. Part of that is being a woman. Part of that um, is, you know, social media, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, well before social media, you know, in high school, you walk in and you go, okay, well, I'm not the homecoming queen. I didn't get chosen for that. Or I didn't make that team. I didn't get chosen for that. Did I you want to be the homecoming queen? No, I was never even close. Were you, but did you want, like, what were you in, what were you like in high school? So it's interesting. I was similar, like, in Atlanta, I have the most incredible friends. I don't have a friend group. So I have very, like, individual mm-hmm. relationships with very intentional, amazing, badass balls of the wall, like incredible women. But I don't have like a sorority. Your lion pack. 
Your lioness no, pack. <laughs> no, I don't have a. I don't have like. Oh, the seven of us. We do everything together. We go on trips together. And I wasn't like that in high school either. I was an international baccalaureate kid and drove forty five minutes out of district to go to a different public school and played lacrosse. Also, captain of my cheerleading team. I didn't start drinking until like spring of junior year, but I had a pretty shitty eating disorder. So I would mm-hmm. drink on a completely empty stomach and just be like so sick after like three drinks, two drinks. But I was similar to now in that I wasn't like this group mentality where it's like, oh, it's like me and my girls against you guys. Um, It was always just like, who do I connect with individually? Mm -hmm. And I was a nerd and I studied really hard, but I was also on student council and I was the captain of the cheerleading team. That's so wild. So it was like this dichotomy that I always played. Yeah, yeah, individualist that I was kind of like, if it got like super cool, I was like, I don't really want that. (laughs) <laughs> Which is total thing? Enneagram four, you oh know, like I, like if everyone started doing something, I was like, I'm good. And I'm the same way now. I just didn't know that it was like a personality type thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that'd be amazing to go to an Enneagram therapist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's somebody I interviewed. If you, if you haven't listened to it, her name is Adela Rafa uh-huh. and she is, she's this amazing therapist, but she talked about the where you feel it in the body, yes, and what that means, yes, um, and she's amazing, yes, um, and she's great with a bat. Like if you really want to get some yeah. shit out, is she a Reiki? She does Reiki. I don't know why the name is escaping me, yeah. Uh, and I'm going to think about it the second I move on, yeah. But whatever, she's awesome. But I got Reiki certified in September. Level, I got my two, my level two certification. Because I recognized that there were so many people holding stuff mm-hmm. in their bodies, and I even think you things- can feel that though, right? Because you're a, you're a, are you an empath? Yes, which is why I'm like y'all get away from me with that bullshit. Yes, <laughs> yeah. But I think that's an interesting dichotomy because you know you're in this work where you're in people's most raw and vulnerable spot. Mm-hmm. You know, and as an empath, how do you protect yourself? It's very hard, but I also I have to. I have to say things like, this is not mine. And I, I, I mean, I truly, when mm. people, because honestly, Allison, some of the people that I work with are angry. They're angry with themselves. They're angry with their partnerships. They're angry with where they are in their work. They're angry with their bodies. And, it, it, you know, there's some short and snappy bullshit that I can receive on it. Not, I don't want to say daily basis, but from time to time, it's... You know, it can be kind of ugly and that used to tear me up. I mean, when I started this business, I was 23 and now I look at it and I'm like, oh, this person is so unhappy. This is really, this, this person is really struggling. And I just have learned to say, this is not mine. This is, this is theirs. And I also, I wrote a post about this recently I used to fall so deep into other people's shit trying to help them and mm. play the savior. That's what I was wondering. You're a therapist or you know, uh, yeah, acting as a, a therapy. Yeah. Right. And so I used to just like dive into this, like, oh, let me pull you out and let me be the heroine, which is some ego bullshit like on, on my end because I'm like, oh, I can be the savior here. No, 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 no. I'm here to facilitate the work. You are going to help yourself out of this. And I think a big part of that is just, I know it's so over said, but just creating that space. So when someone gets snippy or what do you mean, you know, you think this looks good and I'll I'll just give it some space and say, okay, would you like to take it off? Okay. You know, like, let me just let you have your moment. I'm not here to, I'm not a punching bag. I'm not. That's not what I get paid to do. I'm just here to facilitate the work. And then I recently had to say to someone, are you in a, she was just having a time. We've been working together for about six years regularly. And I looked at her and said, are you in a place today to feel good about anything that I pick up? Because obviously we've worked together for, you know, six years. Again, this is not about me. Are you in a place to receive yourself today? Just, yes, yes, I'm fine, I'm fine. I know I'm being difficult, I'm fine. I said, okay, because, you know, if you're not, that's okay. That's okay. But I also think that's the point and the beauty of what you do is that you um, you really push people 
to kind of look at what their own bullshit is mm-hmm. and their own, I don't know that bullshit's the right word. Oh, I think it's the right word. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of people have wounds and trauma that is far deeper of than course. the clothes they put on their body. Of course. And I think you kind of push them lovingly into yeah. a place that allows them to look at it in a healthy way yeah. and put and give them perspective. And, yeah. you know, I think the magic of what you do is that the way you put clothes on somebody where they feel good, where they feel like they can own their body yeah, and they feel powerful. Yeah. I mean, that is like the best kind of gift you can possibly give. Yeah. Even that spank shit. Like I bought all this stuff and I'm like, I'm rocking it at work. <laughs> yeah. and stuff, you know, with yeah. like, with, um, what are they like snake boots or something? Yeah. <laughs> So good, and, and I'm so go- not even a, a an animal print person. I know that really is your yeah. thing, but I'm not at all. Primal, and I'm like, you know? I'm like walking. Yeah, you know. I want to go back to what you said about you know people's deep wounds and deep traumas, and you know, I I have got the most incredible mother ever. There is a lot of trauma that comes from women's mothers, a lot, and I hear that story a lot. My mom used to tell me this. My mom said this about me. Mm. My mom da da da. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I don't relate to from a mother. But I've said that stuff to myself. And I've had, you know, girlfriends say things or guys that I've dated say things. And we just have to recognize that, again, that's not ours. That is about that other person. And it is, it just takes this pause of what is your truth? What is yours? Not what Mm. someone told you. What is your truth? What do you desire to feel? Uh, One of my dear friends recently was like on stage with Shaman Derek and he did this thing where he asked people to feel certain things. He said, feel this, feel this. And when she told me that, I was so moved because I do think that our minds are that powerful that we can do things like, I desire to desire myself. Mm. I desire to embody love. I mean, I have like just this like radiation down my spine. I desire right now to feel love. So you put yourself in situations that are very charged emotionally. (sighs) Yeah. Where do you feel the most joy? Where do you feel the most alive? Uh, With clients, it is certainly with the people that have the most trust. I'm talking deep trust, not like, yeah, I'll do whatever you say. Yeah, well, you're in charge. It's people that are like, I know that you wouldn't be doing this if you didn't know what you're talking about. Um, And I feel this joy because it's a flow. You know, it's a flow between the two of us. There's no um, like murky water. There's no dams in the way that the energy should flow between me and the woman. That to me, I mean, my heart just grows so big, definitely. And then I I feel so much joy when I get to teach spin. I was about to say, you know, like when I told you about the rise and release that I was crying and you're like, girl, I cry on the bike all the time and I'm freaking teaching the class, you know? Yeah. And I wondered what that feels like because it seems like you are somebody that your skin is kind of on the inside out and it must feel like joy for you must feel so intensely beautiful. Thank you. You know, and I wonder where that comes up because you have so many avenues of expression. Yeah. Not only your work, but things you're interested in and intentionally gray. Tell me about intentionally gray. Well, first of all, thank you for seeing me. I feel so seen. Thank you so much. I also want to just hit on the fact that I don't even know how to describe what plays in my mind in terms of like these visions that I have. Like it's very... When I'm teaching, I'm talking and I'm counting at an eight count, but I'm thinking these wild things like about expansion. There, It's about expansion. Is it almost like an active meditation? Yes, 100%. Hmm. It sounds like a runner's high of what people yes, would feel like. Yes, And so there are things that like, that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, a light ring and it, it's just changing colors. And I don't know if Chris is messing with it or it just that's kind of what it does because all, all of this is all smart. 
Oh, it's uh, so cool. <laughs> smart lights. I didn't so mean to cool. ruin your No, no, flow. no. That was awesome. <clears throat> you know when, have you ever seen those like rowing machines that are water yeah. propelled? Yeah. So sometimes I'll feel like I'm on the edge of an idea while I'm spinning, but it's an idea that has nothing to do with spin or maybe it's about work or relationships or something that I need to bust through. And all of a sudden I'll see my spin wheels as water that I'm spinning through and the water is just getting like more and more like waves. And again, I'm like talking, counting, doing all this stuff. And then I'll see like this ring around my head that it's like I'm bursting through this next level of release where it's like Mm. I'm busting through this next level of expansion and expression I've never said this out loud to anyone other than like it's spin and I'm trying to describe it as I'm like, okay, now we're in this next one. And I'm like, maybe this is just in my head. <laughs> but it's it's this kind of like if you were to be in like a saran wrap and someone was holding you back and you're just pressing forward, pressing forward, pressing forward. And finally it just gets a rip in it and you just bust through it. Mm. And then you're in this next level of... And now I've arrived. Okay, I'm here. That's like the Kool-Aid guy going through the wall. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's like, here I am. I just busted that. Mm. I wonder how much of that actually manifests itself in real life because, you know, I've known you for a few years and it seems like your offering to the world keeps proliferating in a way that is much, much bigger than that, uh, you know, like I know I put on the Instagram story that I'm like, I don't know that I can do this girl justice (laughs) because I feel like you are poised to do so much more and it's all happening. At least that's what I feel. That's what I see when I'm, you know, watching you or in your presence or just talking to you. I feel like it's much, much, much bigger than that nobody's going to put a box on you ever. And that's a very cool thing too. And I'm curious to know, like you talk a lot about energy flow and I know that a lot of your business is also virtual, that you can help people all over. How does that translate? How do you do what you do virtually if it is a closet edit or shopping? Tell me more about your offerings. Yeah, thank you. I'm back up for just a I feel like this is a kiss ass. Um, (laughs) This is like an ass kissing session (laughs) while you're here. not even. Not even. I, I think you though. I want to be very transparent and authentic when I say it is very hard for me to receive that. And I, and I reposted your thing and I said, this is work for me. And so one of my best, best, best friends sat me down on Sunday night and she lit my ass up and she was like, you've got to start playing at the next level. And I sat and stared at my plate in the corner booth of this restaurant in Edgewood. And I was speechless because Allison is really hard for me to receive that. To be 100% honest. I wonder what your friend was saying that you are not, you're playing too small. I wonder what she meant by that. Because what everyone else is seeing and the things you just described, I don't, I'm just living my life. But I wonder, you know, I know that sometimes and I don't. Stories, I'm not asking for the kiss no, assness no, no, at no. all. I, I just want to be authentic that like, I'm not out here like, yeah, I am the shit. There's part of me that's very confident in my ability mm-hmm. to get things done and my work. Um, but when it comes to people saying like, oh, you have so much love and all this, stuff, I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's hard. It's work. I'm working on it. I relate to that on on a level that I'm somebody that does not struggle at all with confidence. I am sure. overconfident in a lot of areas, but there's are some areas where um, I'm not at all, and it can take me down. And I, you know, I've noticed on some of your stories, you'll say, you, you know, you you kind of level set like, hey, I'm not, you know, people say that I'm always confident and just, you know girl power, whatever it is, yeah, you know, and I have my days too. And to me, I feel like that is obvious because of who you are, but you, maybe it is, you know, that not everyone can see past their own nose Yeah, sometimes. And, and it's hard to, I don't know, maybe it's, it's easy to do that, but maybe some of it is just embracing. Yeah. I mean, it's things like I told my therapist the other day, I said, sometimes when people hug me, I I would say a majority of the time, I don't feel that completely. Hmm. And I think part of that is because I'm doing so so Hmm. much work to protect myself from all the emotion that I'm 
constantly encountering, but it's things like hugs that I'm really trying to pause. I'm, wow. I'm sure people are like, oh, why is she hugging me for so long? And I'm like, just feel the hug. <laughs> well, maybe so that's the tension though, that friction between you know, the, the wanting to be giving and loving and protecting yourself. And maybe, I don't know that. Yeah. I get yeah. it. I mean, it, it's, it's about how much I do feel. And there are parts of me that's like, be so careful not to receive X, Y, Z, that mm. it also shuts out the love, the compassion, the gratitude mm. that other people have. And I really noticed that when I had 180 comments about my work Mm -hmm. and I brought it to my therapist and I said, I looked at this and I thought this will be great for my business. And I did not, I mean, my chest is so tight talking about this right now. Mm -hmm. Like I, I looked at that and I was like, Oh, I'm thankful for this from a business perspective. And my mom called me that night and was like, Oh my God, did you see those things? And I was like, yeah. And so this is, this is my work. Mm-hmm. This is my, this is my work right now. This is what I'm working on. And God. I just want to be completely transparent about that. But that sounds like, again, I'm, I'm getting the vision and I'm much more auditory than I am visual, sure. you know, like you're sure. more visual, but now I see you busting through the saran wrap of just the acknowledgement of that. I think, uh, you know, like the Brene Brown thing of just being in the ring and yeah, being dirty. Totally. And, you know, kind of doing the work. Yeah. And there ain't no shame in that. No. Who gives a fuck? It'll no. come. Yeah. It'll and come. I, and I, it's daily, man. <laughs> I, it's, it's a daily practice. You meditate every day, don't you? Hell no. You don't? No. No, 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 no. You know what else I got from you from that rise and release thing that I really appreciated? So I get, I'm a little bit of an asshole when it comes to meditation. Like I think it's super annoying when I take a yoga class and then the yoga instructor's like, just close your eyes. And they have like, (laughs) they're like super light and I'm like, oh, you know, like to me, I'm like, oh, and then they read some quote out of a book and I'm like, this just sounds lame. Yeah, But I loved yours because you never, you only had power and intention in your voice. So Mm. I'll tell you again, your superpower is your voice. Thank you. And you didn't dial it back and make it nice and Mm -mm. soft (laughs) at the end. It just was very intentional. And to me, I appreciated that because, you know, I respond to energy. I don't, I respond to movement. I respond to I really respond to voices. I'm very auditory. Yeah. You know, and so I I get completely lost in somebody's voice, you yeah. know, and the power of it. And I think there's also a quality of someone's voice when they're leading leading a meditation that is back to that like step into the arena. Like come back into this space yeah. and quit leaving yourself. That's something that my med- my mindfulness-based counselor, she's a PhD in neuroscience, she has a social working master's degree, I mean, she, has, she is just brilliant. And she knows how to talk to me. And she goes, sit your ass on that cushion. And she's not like, Lillian, don't forget that you really need to meditate every day. She's <laughs> like, quit working your body so hard and start working your brain. Yeah. And quit fucking around. And I'm like, I <laughs> like... Okay. I wonder, you know, I you know, wonder if I related to you on that, on just the force and the power in your voice. And I think what you were saying was intentional and to me seemed like you were talking directly to me. Um, <laughs> except I don't really think I'm crazy, but whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so tell me about how do you scale your business? So it's very one-on-one in a lot of ways, yeah. but you're proliferating again and you're finding these new ways to serve people what does that look like for you? That is a really good question. It is something that I, I and that's part of what my best friend was saying on Sunday night. She what was like, "What is your mission? What is your what, mission?" Yeah, I'm gonna backwards answer this. Uh, uh, Heath Ward, who was just on Meg Armstrong's podcast, he asked me the other day, "What breaks my heart?" Mm. And I said, "What breaks my heart?" Obviously, like poverty children without parents, all the things. But what gets me really, really, really down is people who do not see their full potential. Mm. 
Because if we were each living... That sounds like you. Yeah. <laughs> if we were each living in our full potential and not worrying so much about what other people were doing, what other people look like, if we weren't in such a rat race to be like one another when we're all in our own messy journeys, we could be more fully expressed, more fully aligned, more fully present with the people in our lives that are important. We would be doing work that is meaningful because it's what we're meant to be doing. We would be having tough conversations if we really believe that we were like fully worthy of being here and being ourselves. So my overall mission is to help people come back to the truth that mm. they are worth whatever is in their soul and heart's desires. Like what is in your DNA that you feel has to be said through you or moved through you? Um, and maybe that's just, you know, some people like dog the fact that there are stay-at-home moms everywhere in the South or or anywhere. And I'm like, some people really feel called to do that. Mm -hmm. That's really important, really special the work. Job in the world. It's the hardest fucking job in mm -hmm. the world. Or, you know, when my parents got married at 23, my dad had gotten into law school and he was like, I'm not going to go like two weeks before they got married. And my mom's mom said, well, what is he going to do? And she said, well, if he's, if he washes dishes for the rest of his life, he will be the best dishwasher. So being the best of whatever it is that you choose to be and not worrying so much about this, that, and the other on the outside. So my mission is to help people really get to the heart of how it is that they want to move through the world. So how do people contribute to your mission? Honestly, check in with yourself. It's what not, does that look like? Because people you know, don't know how to do that. Yeah. I, say, I would say in your decision-making, pause. Who are you making the, your decisions for? Why are you making the decisions the way you're making them? What's the, what's your driving force? Where do you feel like you're not being accepted? And most importantly, what do you need to hear? Because I think many of us spend a lot of years, I definitely did, going up to people and saying, I need to hear this from you. And that's... Looking for validation. Yeah. And it's like... You can, it, if someone repeats that and the volume's on five out of 10, when you learn to say what you need to hear from you, the volume is 10 out of 10 and it comes through loud and clear. Do you see that with your clients? Yes. What does that look like? It's, I've seen you, I've seen some, I don't know if they're videos or something, people that didn't look like you. Yeah. They didn't have the same situation as you, mm -hmm. but they felt amazing. Yeah. In the dressing room, what is that like for you? I mean, I'm, I I take the shells away, right? Like the body is in like, this is this is you as your soul. Like how fucking beautiful is that? That you are recognizing how incredible you are, how incredible we all are. I mean, that you can look at yourself and be like, yes, this is what I deserve. And it's, it has nothing to do with your body. It just has to do with taking a stand for yourself. It is the most, I cry at almost every single appointment, a virtual appointment I had with a brand new woman this morning who lives in a different state. Is that my girl? Yes. My girl stays Yes. <laughs> and at the end, I just looked at her and I was like, I'm really proud of you. Oh. And I mean that because, and this is, this is not um, to her, but I mean, I work with women that have had one of my women has had 11 miscarriages. Mm. You know, I work with women whose relationships have fallen apart, who have lost everything, who were abused as kids. I mean, we all have a story. And for us to come back and be like, I'm still here. I'm still worth it. I still want to be my best. And that means taking care of myself and adorning myself and what I'm worthy of, whether it's Target clothes or you're shopping at Neiman Marcus, like really focusing on how you want to feel, what your desired states are. Mm. And when you can get to that point and they look at the mirror and they literally have their hands over their mouth, I'm like, yeah, that's you, girl. Mm. What a gift. It's really special. <laughs> you're going to make me cry. <laughs> it's really special. Uh, you have such a, a gift. Thank you. Honestly. Thank you. So how can people find you? 
<laughs> I live under a rock. <laughs> you do not live under a rock. Uh, my my Instagram <laughs> handle is Lillian Gray G R A Y. Is that your middle name? Yes. Why is it gray? Um, and well, my parents are um, distant cousins, and it's a family name on both sides. Oh my god! But I think it's so it is weird. Just, I know it's so <laughs> fabulous. I'm like, look how weird I am. <laughs> and then uh, that's uh, intentionally gray is is very much about like being in this gray zone and being okay, like not jumping from one thing to the other and being like, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to, I'm going to move to a different city, I'm going to start my life over. It's like, you know what? Just like swim around in the gray zone for a while, like. People think it's such a bad thing. I'm like, no, it's it's discovery, you know? It's just discovery. So I love that my middle name is Gray because intentionally Gray is being myself, helping other people learn how to be themselves and and like taking the time to do the work, like get in the arena in this gray zone and like, it's okay if it's murky for a while. That's what it takes, really. So as I'm wrapping up with you, I feel like the word that keeps coming up for me is permission. Yeah. And that you give people permission, whether it is- I offer it and they take it and embody it. Yeah. But do you feel like you attract the right people? You know what I mean? Like you've done this for a long time. So you get to choose your clients. Yes. In a lot of cases. Yes. Um, Do I attract the right people? You know, I think some people want a very quick fix. And I understand that, you know, I mean, this is- it's not a cheap service. However, I have seen people, I have worked with women of all backgrounds. I mean, I have gone to people's homes where their porches are falling apart and they're driving jalopies. Have you gone, have you helped any hoarders? Oh, of course. What? Of course. Like not just clothes hoarders, but like Everything. hoarders, hoarders, like oh, on TV. For sure. For real? Papers, wow. blankets. Oh, like for rabbit sure. poop. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I and I've and and people that are compulsive buyers that they like cannot stop buying stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like I might get into that zone sometimes. <laughs> I'm serious. Really? Yeah. I feel like you have so much self-control. <clears throat> no. <laughs> I wish chocolate, I could see her face right now. Chocolate, chocolate <laughs> no. and shopping. And it's funny because my husband says you know, like he knows when I'm feeling bad about myself when there are a shitload of Amazon packages that come in the mail and he's sure. like, is everything okay? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's why um, I talked about this on a podcast earlier. That's why it's style therapy, not retail therapy. Because mm-hmm. retail therapy is that that's your quick fix. That's, that's like your, you buy stuff to feel better. It's your reactive, yes. it's your reactive purchasing. Style therapy mm-hmm. is like, I know myself. I know deeply how I want to move through the world. And um, and that takes time. And mm-hmm. so attracting the right client, I really have to be clear in my messaging on my website and I'm getting ready to reduce so much stuff for 2020. So much stuff so that the offerings are expanded and it's there's so much there's there's so much coming up. Can you share what your goal is for 2020? Yeah, it's to offer people more ways to work with me that are not one-on-one. Because because people are very hungry for this work. And if I can offer different formats of us working together without it being hourly, then more people can can do the work and engage in this work, in the in the personal development work, without paying me hourly, which is an investment. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think that the IGTV stuff, it is like it's fun. It's yeah. fun, but it helps. It helps so yeah. much. I think that you put out value. Yeah. And, and, and I'm also careful because of my, I have an athletic body. I am 5'6 with long legs, you know, I, and I, I'm careful with that, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. More of that. Uh, more careful. More <laughs> caution. No. Oh, oh. I, more, more IGTV. IGTV. <laughs> more, more tutorials of yeah. how to yeah. style shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Lillian. Lillian Charles is one of a kind, and she's working with clients all over the world virtually now. She has got it down and makes the process so fun and life-giving. You'll feel like a new person. I've linked her info in the show notes. And as for Culture Changers podcast, this podcast is also going to be airing on the upcoming BYLR radio 
which is Jesse Itzler's new internet radio station that's getting a ton of buzz and is planning to launch in August. I hope you'll subscribe to the show on your favorite listening platform so you'll never miss an episode of these perspective-shifting conversations. Rate it, leave a review, share with your friends and foes. Each episode will only get better. Thank you for listening and I will see you next week.